here we are now with another episode of the Andrew Lake Podcast. Today I'd like to talk about John Cage. And more specifically, this piece that he composed, this piece of music, probably his most famous piece, and it's simply titled 433. And that is, on its surface, the duration of the piece. And it's not just, well, what is this? What, what is this piece, really? If, if you've never heard it, <laughs> well, can anyone hear it? Has anyone ever heard it? That's the funny thing. The, the trick or the, the, the big controversy or the philosophical statement around this piece, 433, was that the musician would walk out onto the stage in their big concert hall with the audience there and they'd be in their suit and they'd sit down at the piano, set up their music, and then they would just sit there. They wouldn't actually play anything. And for four minutes and 33 seconds, or thereabouts, there would just be silence. And then the musician would stand up, take a bow, brush himself off, close up the music and walk off. So that was the piece. The piece was no piece. The piece is the answer to the question, what if you made a piece of music that wasn't a piece of music? And the whole thing about the duration and the meaning and how to correctly perform it is, well, we can leave that to the scholars. Let's just talk about our own impressions of it. And I remember studying this back in the day when I was doing my music studies, and I asked the teacher, I asked my university lecturer if it had ever been arranged for orchestra <laughs> if there'd ever been an orchestration and I think there was a bit of a misunderstanding there because he thought oh no it, you can't but I thought well actually why not why couldn't you what would it mean for the orchestra to play that piece <laughs> but what does this piece say philosophically really well, it says that the sound of the room is music. You don't need to have this elaborate composition with the instruments and the musicians for there to be music. I believe one of the interpretations is that the audience are to listen to the ambience, to listen to the sounds that are happening around. And some versions of performances of this have the musician turning the page or sniffling their nose and making these small sort of gestures that have very subtle sounds to them. But really much larger than that, bigger than that, it's, it's to listen to existence. It's to listen to Existence as if it was music. And that is a powerful philosophical statement. John Cage also went on to do many other forms of music, including dance music. 
and prepared piano, which is where you start putting objects and chains and devices and little things into the piano, which break out of the conventional use of the piano. And there's a whole genre now called prepared piano. And there are many musicians that play in that style and create music in that style. And some would even say, well, it's not, it's not exactly music. It doesn't sound like music. If you're not philosophically minded, like you and me, you might turn your head and squint your eye and say, what, what is he doing to that piano? Is he breaking it? Is he trying to tune it? What's happening there? But no, it opens up this idea, and it's designed to do it, he's designed this piece to do it experientially. He's written this piece to to force you into this thing, because it's one thing to say, listen to existence as if it was music, and it's another thing to create a device, or in this case, a music composition, which actually allows for that to happen for at least a moment. Now consider this really, he's, he's already an established composer and he's most likely been commissioned to do this piece and it's been programmed. So to program a piece and to have it on stage and for people to buy tickets to this concert and for them to all get dressed up in their classical attire whatever they wear when they go to the classical music. And then there's a program of other pieces. It wouldn't have been the only piece played that night. And then there's rehearsals. John Cage would have spoken to, well, exactly what is going on. How do you explain, how do you explain this to the performer? And how do, you, how do you do a successful performance of this? How is the musician really meant to sit there And what would happen for the musician performing this piece? What's it like? Imagine what it's like to sit on stage in complete silence and to have the whole audience expecting you at any minute to launch into something, for you to start playing something conventional, but you don't. I can't imagine what that musician would have felt on that first world premiere of 4.33. And there are other crazy stories about John Cage as well. There's one where he... <laughs> there's one where there's this huge amount of money and time and spent and it's this big thing and there's a whole... There's all this... Uh, there's all this hype built up around this piece and what it is is actually someone walking out onto the stage with a, holding a bundle of sticks... And they just drop the sticks and then walk off. So he even he even has a little bit, I mean, on the surface, I mean, I don't understand very much about that piece. I've only heard sort of the, the urban myths about it. <laughs> but you can see in that there's a little bit of like, whoa, how does he get away with that? How does he have the guts to do that? What if you were the person who's commissioned that piece and you've spent all this money? You've given this man some money, and this is what you come up with. 
can understand that would be some there might be some anger there a bit of a a bit of frustration just a little bit and that gets at well what's the significance of a philosophy because if john cage turns around and he says well actually there's this big philosophical complex which is the statement of the piece which you don't understand or which you can understand if you listen and you open yourself up to it and you're sensitive to such things well then that 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 can be a legitimate piece and that's just one of the questions is music only is music only what's philosophically viable is it only what connects or resonates with an audience and resonance can't always be might, might not always be harmonious it might be resonance in a dissonant sort of way it might be quite uncomfortable to sit and listen to 4 minutes and 33 seconds of silence for some people And there is uh, another story that goes with this, which is that the, the, the 433 piece is not just ambience. It's not just, it's not just listen to where you are now. It's actually listen for the, the magic and the moment when the music hits you. So it would be like drawing the correlation between, say you have your conventional music, and within that you have these beautiful moments. You have this, this well, you say it's a musical moment. You say it's a very nice experience. It was a magical experience, that part in that music, just that moment, that the best of the conventional music. That when that appears in the ambience, then you've heard 433. And there is this thing of, have you heard 30, 433 or have you not? And to, to qualify for saying, well, actually, I have heard it, you need to have had that magical moment. You need to have had it touch you, to, to hit you like that opening of inspiration so to just sit in ambience and do nothing for 433 4 minutes and 33 seconds that doesn't count and my one of my university lecturers when we were studying this said that he heard it when he'd he was sort of halfway between sleep and just sort of waking up and he didn't know if he was awake or asleep and in that sort of dreamy place and he'd fallen asleep in a, a, a park somewhere and there was a flagpole nearby and the rope on the flagpole was dangling and sort of in the wind hitting against the flagpole and making this sort of strange sound, and he was thinking, is it bells, is it something, is he, oh. And it's that 
strange state, that eerie, dreamy state where the magic enters and you go beyond. And he said that that was for him when he heard 4.33 for the first time. So there are deep things, there are deep experiences to be had which are so much further beyond just the surface of 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 what you can say about a piece like this and there is a lot i mean there's there's so much there's so much scholarship there's so much academia surrounding this and in some essences in, in some ways, it's always going to be fringe music. It's always going to be... You have to have some, at least some kind of philosophical implication or inclination, sorry. Some sort of philosophical inclination and also an experiential sensitivity. Because it's one thing to... It's it's one thing to explain different stories surrounding the piece and to explain different ideas or different experiences or different meanings or what, what you should do or shouldn't do or how you should take it and how you shouldn't. But it's another thing to really experience. So ask yourself, this this story of my university lecturer being half asleep and hearing the flagpole, can you relate to that? Can you think of experiences which are like that? And can you realize that there, in that, in those experiences, there's a composer, there's a musician, who's trying to point you towards them, who's trying to draw your attention to them, trying to remind you of them. And on the surface, it might be that, oh, he's just having a laugh. He's just poking fun at music. Or he's just being extreme. He's just, all he's done is he's taken a component of music and he's taken it to the extreme. What if we make a piece of music which isn't a piece of music? There's something quite playful in that. There's something cheeky about that. And maybe being cheeky is a good insight. Being playful is, a, is, is an important part of opening up to things, opening up to music and opening up to experiences. But also on a deeper level, he's trying to say something about our experience of the beyond. He's trying to remind us And also, I even feel like there's this highbrow of, oh, you just don't get it. There's always this, uh, well, not always, but sometimes there's this in-group, in out-group kind of thing. And you can create that sort of dynamic. Do you get it? Oh, you don't get it. You're not smart enough. You're not sensitive enough. <laughs> 
And depending on what sort of musicians you hang out with or what sort of friends you have, you can get a sense of that, oh, I really want to know. I really want to understand that. And in a sense, people who really want to understand and who do get a curiosity and do sort of turn their head and say, oh, what's going on there? They're a lot smarter, at least, than the people who say, oh, that's just such a silly idea. Why would they have a piano player come out on stage and just sit there for four minutes and 33 seconds? So it's an iconic piece. It's, it's a very famous piece. And John Cage is a very famous composer. And he really is the pioneer of an entire genre, an entire field of music making, which blurs this line between philosophy and music as an experience. And if you can listen to his works and read a little bit about them, there's a message there. And the message is, well, test your boundaries. Find your assumptions. Why can't a piece of music also not be a piece of music? Why can't something that's not a piece of music also be a piece of music? And in, in those two things, in those two reversals, there's, there's such a whole big world of explorations. Really, he's an open explorer. He's someone who has a vast imagination in a very, in a very unique way. He's a, well, he's a musician. And the, the imagination for a musician is very different to an imagination for a novelist. They experience the mind very differently. So I recommend John Cage. And if you're a musician, you're a composer, you should know about him. And if you're a philosopher, you should know about him. And if you're interested in the beyond and these experiences of hearing magic, having magic touch you, then he's a great one to know about. So what we might do now is sit quietly and I'll just let some sound play out for about four minutes and 33 seconds. So if you're in a place, wherever you are, if you feel comfortable to do so, you can sit down and just listen for some time and see what sounds are happening. See what's touching you. And that's all I have to say for now.